Active the hive. Launching new hive sequence. Welcome, welcome to the Smarter Marketing Revolution, presented by Hidden Force Media, with your host Alex Vonderhaar. Angie, what is going on? How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Excited we finally got this moving. We've sorted out all of our tech issues and we're we're ready. We're going in deep. So be- yes. before we get started and we start breaking down some business development strategies around what you already have, uh, why don't you tell people who you are, what you do? I've had the grace of knowing you for a little bit, so I've got a little bit of an inside scoop, uh, but for a lot of my audience, they have no idea who you are, what you do, and what type of powerhouse you are. Oh, thank you for that great intro. Uh, my name is Angie Manson. I'm the CEO of Elevate Addiction Services. I own and operate two residential treatment programs in Northern California. Um, and we've pivoted. We also have virtual outpatient now, as well as alumni and all levels of care. And then I've also started a podcast, which I've been doing for about a year and a half and reaching more people uh, giving insight into our program because we are an alternative to 12 step. It's a lot different than what's out there. And so we bring in a lot of people from different fields. I actually have a CrossFit gym uh, on my property that I use as part of our modality of getting people clean and sober. So, uh, it's pretty diverse. It's, it's a lot going on, but it all kind of works very, very nicely with it, each other as well. So let's get into where you're at. You've been in business for a while now. You're a great, greatly scalable business. You've been growing like crazy uh, from a business development side. What is it that you think you need help with? So our biggest struggle is and continues to be the majority of our, so it used to be that we got a lot of our clients from word of mouth. Um, there was you know, financial incentives for getting people in the program and a few black many bad players in the field kind of screwed that up many years ago. So now you're not allowed to, um, you know, pay people. It's called body brokering to get people into your program. So we had to lean and pivot pretty heavily on Google and their pay-per-click. And rehab is in the top 10 of their money makers. And so unless you have this gigantic amount of money and you can compete with like hospitals and other places like that, it's very difficult to get a good ROI on any meaningful kind of pay-per-click content. And they're all constantly changing the, the landscape of what they're looking for, or what they want, or, you know, how they want your website to look, or, you know, m- millions of metrics. Or uh, like in the last year and a half, unprecedented times, they did this huge change and they haven't redone their algorithm. So nothing has come back. Nothing has gotten better. There's been no recovery from it as of yet. And I'm skeptical there ever will be. So it's just an ongoing process of us trying to figure out how to take advantage of uh, means of internet advertising and get a good ROI on it. Yeah, girl, you and me both. We've <laughs> I'm in the same boat you are. Uh, not, oh. not necessarily from... Uh, from th- that that particular niche, but I've got clients where we were spending a couple million dollars a month on each one of these platforms, and now it's dramatically shrunk, and we're looking yep. at other ways. So uh, I yep. get I get the struggle. I empathize with it. There are some creative ways around that, um, and it's a lot of it's how are you pivoting into their new platform structure? So like, let's take Google for example, uh, because you said you were using that. Google has. 
they're transitioning a lot of their platform for anything that has to do with like a paid search campaign over into a, pl- a new program called Performance Max. And that's essentially taking, um, taking the business owner or the ad buyer's hands off the wheel and letting their internal algorithm run with a lot of that. But as you know, uh, it can get real expensive real fast, especially in a pay-per-click model instead of buying on what we call CPMs or cost per thousands like you would get for other industries. So I, I totally get it. And one of the things that we've leveraged that might be a good train of thought for us to move down is um, copy and offer. So the idea of what is your copy on your website? What are the copy on the ads? And how does that relate back to the specific offer that you have? And then what can we do to rename that or make it something appear different to their search pattern that we know as business owners that you know there's, there's a lifespan to every product and Google is just kind of accelerating that lifespan from what we've experienced. So by renaming or restructuring things, we've actually been able to get a better return. So I'd love to hear kind of your thoughts about, you know, so have you thought about restructuring the name of your product or what you do for people to be able to fit a specific pattern that maybe their platform might recognize more? Because we can't just eliminate, uh, we can't eliminate attention, right? Our All of our businesses thrive on this need for attention, both from uh, organic and from a paid media source in order to stay alive. Because if you're not going to pay for it, your competition is, and they're going to end up getting it and at a cheaper rate too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely changing our names, not an option. You know, we've gone no, all no, no, in no, on no, our no, no. Yeah. It, it wouldn't be from like a brand name. It would be from like what you call your product. Right. Yeah. I mean, definitely open to that. I mean, we've hired numerous sort of quote unquote experts and we've, I think everybody's trying to sort of, well, this was successful. This was successful. I don't think anyone's cracked the code on what is success. And, um, as far as I know, especially in this field, nobody has cracked that code of exactly what it is that Google will like and accept. And so definitely open to any ideas that you might have in regards to this area, for sure. So if everybody's going down this route and it's not performing well, um, could you be an early adopter into a different form of marketing than for this industry? I mean, that'd be amazing, but I certainly wouldn't want to help my competition. No, 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 <laughs> not, that, it's definitely not at all. Um, but does, does a platform that's different than Google end up making sense? I'm not saying to get rid of it, right? Like, uh, like a brand search keyword campaign is always going to be a winner for most brands, right? If somebody's searching you on Google, it's super high intent. We want to make sure we're the first one showing up just so that way we're capturing that attention and we're not losing them even though they're searching our name. So keeping something like that in place definitely makes sense. But with the amount of ad spend that you're probably having to put towards new customer generation, are there other and more creative ways that we can leverage that are still inside of your ethical guidelines, but aren't necessarily beholden to Facebook or Google's algorithm changes? So could we, so could we do more, um, we call it like hand-to-hand combat almost, or more guerrilla-style marketing around your business? I, I, I don't know, but I would definitely be open to that. I would love that. Um, it's definitely not like my area of expertise and I have, you know, people working on it, but I think it would be awesome if there are some fresh ideas and I'd love to try them out. So I, I think that might be an interesting area to explore because if eventually businesses are going to reach a spot where they say, you know, specifically like Google and Facebook, you've tied my hands enough and there's nothing I can do besides just leave your platform 
which is really yep. what's starting to happen. And until they make a change, which unfortunately isn't going to be until they're financially motivated to, that that's when yep. we're going to see action. And when that day comes, right, we want to be an early adopter back to it. But we, so a good example, we do marketing for a, um, a commercial um, retirement facility, and they've got six different facilities all around our state. And they're in the same crowd, right? They, the way of marketing has become very difficult and challenging for them, uh, not just for residents, but also getting workers. So yeah. for, for one of the worker campaigns, we went up and set out a food truck and a coffee truck outside of the local uh, nursing college so we could recruit those people because Indeed and Google were charging us like over $300 a head just to try to get somebody in. But by leveraging a little bit of hand-to-hand combat, you could go and sit outside of one of these facilities with donuts and coffee, essentially, first thing in the morning when all these nurses are coming in to start learning to be a nurse. And then we can pluck them back and start getting them into our CRM and our funnel around, hey, we know you're not ready yet, but you're going to be in the next few months. Here's a great place to work. So even though that's not specifically client-focused on how you're looking at this, hopefully that might spark an idea around like, hey, like maybe we can try some hand-to-hand combat um, and just a little bit of a different spot than where we're used to. Yeah, I mean, definitely open to a lot of that. Um, you know, we definitely live in interesting times where, you know, I don't think we're going to go hang out at like the uh, the drug areas and try to pass out no, our cards. But. No, no, absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> Safety first. Yeah. You know, the nice thing, though, about your business and uh, I'm probably going to get a bunch of shit for saying this is that addicts hang out with addicts, right? Like hangs out with like. So, uh, and I know from your side too, that's typically one of the things that you try to get people away from is this idea that, uh, you're, it's all about your environment and all about that mental state and how, how do you reshape that new future for you? Uh, you know, it, it really does provide an interesting idea because then you can't, you can't necessarily go back and say, Hey, like go tell all your friends about us, right? That's that body harvesting you were talking about. So, um, you know, I think building a personal brand is a great way to do that. Everybody knows somebody that's affected by drug use and especially inside of the United States. So getting a personal brand, getting a face figure out there that's, uh, that's powerful, that's confident, that's secure and that what you're doing here is not just to cash a check, but is also to leave an impact on this world, I think is super valuable. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I agree. And that's why I've been doing so much with the PR, with the podcast, with Facebook, with Instagram, just trying to reach out and try unconventional ways to reach people without having to funnel through that Google window. Cause it just doesn't seem to, yeah, we're just, yeah. You could spend a lot of money really fast and not get much return. Absolutely. What are you doing from a storytelling perspective around success stories with clients? So we've uh, luckily uh, recently I um, hired some internal PR people. So we're capturing our graduations. We're capturing their stories, their success stories. We're putting them on our new YouTube channel. We're putting them on Instagram. We're putting them on Facebook. Um, Just trying to get, uh, you know, our, our culture, our staff, our, you know, who's our staff of the month. Here's our core values. Just really trying to provide a lot of, uh, transparency and what we're about and what we're doing and the successes that we're achieving and, and blasting it out through those types of mediums. So how are you getting new inbound? Are you going out on other people's shows to try to fill your top of funnel? 
Oh yeah. I'm, I'm on podcasts consistently. I have people on my podcast consistently where we're doing a lot of cross promotion. I've got a lot of articles that I've, I've had put out. I've done on uh, recovery today. I'm going to start a YouTube series. Um, we, because there is that cross with, um, CrossFit, we promote a lot of those kind of people on our shows, just trying to reach into areas where, like you said, everybody knows somebody, everybody knows either they're affected or they've been addicted or that they are addicted or they have a kid who's addicted. So, you know, reaching anybody and everybody who could possibly need us in whatever way we can be there. Yeah, I, I think playing. So if we can't play the paid media game successfully, right, we have to figure out how to get a lot of initial growth organically, which sounds like the strategy you've been moving through. Um, and a yes. lot of that does come down to list hacking. And then it's who do you know, shaking hands, kissing babies and getting out on other people's shows that have the right type of audience, not just a bigger audience to pull back into your sphere. hundred percent. Yep. A hundred percent. And you become, you know, the go-to when they're like, well, I don't need anybody right now, but now I do. And I do get a lot of people sort of reaching out to me in my DMs because I've become very active. Uh, this is a whole new world for me, just super active on social media, in Instagram, in that whenever anybody needs help, they remember, oh, wait, I remember that girl who was talking about that and they can find me and, and reach out. And I'm just, and as well as my organization, we're, we're available 24 seven, which is nice when people are in crisis. A hundred percent. One thing that I do want to be, um, I get, I get questions about this sometimes, which is especially now that the algorithms have changed and the way that we can track using iOS systems has changed a lot. Uh, there's a lot of people that are switching to a more organic strategy, which at the end of the day comes down to great storytelling. And then how do you start to create organic content that actually moves the needle? So I know we might, we might've talked about this one other time. So if we have, feel free to stop me. Uh, but most people don't put out content with the right intention in mind. Uh, most of the time they want to do it to try to give like unglorious amount of value or tips that make them feel better about themselves and that make them feel good for telling the world about this hidden secret, right? That's really right. the wrong reason to put out content for people. In order to like the true right reason from what we've been able to find and what we've done over hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of posts, not only ourselves, but with all of our clients too, is that in order to create organic content that moves the needle, you have to give your market the shifts that they need in order to exchange value with you. So it's asking what holds them back, what false beliefs do they hold, and then showing, like literally just showing them the mirror and saying, this is what's wrong with this process. Here's why you're going through all the mistakes that you're going through. Showing that mirror back to them is really what can allow you to give them something new, right? You're giving them that new opportunity, that new life. Or, you know, if you've really dug into copywriting at all, most of your job as a copywriter is literally just to rename things. So this is Angie's process, or this is, this is the blank, blank, blank process that's totally new that nobody else is talking about. And it's all baked into that shift that you're creating. Because then when you tease or give something new, the brain starts to drip with dopamine and for a lot of your audience that's probably going to be listening to you, they are well aware of their influence of dopamine inside of their lives based off of their behaviors. So then when we start making this connection between new and you or new and unique and you, then you're really positioned inside of your industry as the Messiah, that, that person that's bringing the fire, that's bringing amazing content and information that nobody else has or is getting a hold of, you start to elevate into something that's unheard of inside of your industry. Yeah. 
I could definitely do more of that, I think, for sure. So, and, and that, that was really what I was starting to hint towards earlier. Like, is there a new, <laughs> is there a new naming mechanism that you can come up with around a product or around your service to, uh, you know, it's not changing anything. You're not going through, um, you're not going through a whole rebrand process. You're literally just thinking of a different way to package up your offer. Right. Well, and I think that's the thing is like right now, uh, like with my personal DM, it is more about inspiration or here's what we do or here's what's happening uh, with, you know, addicts or the people we kind of help. So, um, and I, I do try to, and I've actually realized that, and and I, I also understand uh, that I've reached a lot of people like in the health industry who don't necessarily need my services. Like there's a lot of commonality and, and shared interest there. And that's who I get the most response from is those kind of like-minded individuals. So it could definitely benefit from trying to reach more the person that I'm trying to help. We're trying to get these people to make this connection in their brain, right? That, that you are the right source for them for getting this problem solved. And just because we can show, and what you're doing a great job of, of showing, not telling, right? We're showing the example of before and after. We're showing them that this is different than anything else out there. You're, you're starting to create that paradigm shift for them that there's an alternative or a better way. But then how are we doing that to a kick-ass call to action that's totally unique and unlike anything else? Because I think if we just say, you know, DM me or fill out a form or do anything along those lines, we're, we're, we're escalating all that emotion that we just built up through that paradigm shift. So our, our call to action has to be just at that higher level, just like our paradigm shift is happening at. And when you do this, it literally unlocks things for people. And it's almost like a muscle with like, once we get up there at that level, then you come in with the right hook and it's right there for you every time. Versus like we build up all this momentum with our content and then it will fall off afterwards because our call to action maybe not be, will not be as strong as the paradigm shift that we just had them experience. That's probably true. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm definitely open to hearing, like talking through um, what, what we could do better on the call to action. Because you're probably right. Like we get a lot of like interest and hype and wow, look at them all working out and look at them, you know, doing mindfulness on the hillside and wow, look at all that cool stuff and the before and afters. But what's the call to action? Uh, that is probably where I'm lacking. You're right. So there's, uh, so I know you're a massive reader and you said you were going on 75 hard. Uh, so I would recommend there's, there's a great book and it actually comes with a, uh, with a workbook associated with it, which most copy books don't. It's called The Brilliance Breakthrough. It's by Eugene Schwartz. And it'll walk through step-by-step step how to create great call to actions as well as um, elevating and kind of levitating away from the rest of the noise. Uh, mm. He talks about this idea of like our secret secondary desires, right? So people will say like, I want to earn more money or I want to launch a business or I want to win with stocks. But what they really want underneath all that is to feel successful. Or maybe they want to lose weight or look younger or get strong. Well, what they really want is to feel attractive. Or maybe they want to indulge in desire or treat yourself or have the best. But what they really want is to feel worth it. Right? Mm -hmm. So when, when we yeah, get down to like these that. lower levels, which he calls our secondary desires, this is when we can really start to leverage strong call to actions that are unique. And that can, you know, we spent all this time and money and marketing resource to get all that emotion built up and to drive that story. But then if the call to action's weak, we lose all of it. 
So I would, I would look at that book, see what you can do to try to maybe tweak your call to action and then run a few different tests with it, right? Like maybe for like three weeks, two weeks, you lay out the same call to action with every post. And then the next two weeks, you try it out with something else and just see and test. Because oftentimes if you've got that momentum and you've got the attention, but we're not getting conversions, then we have a call to action problem or we have a product issue. But with the testimonials and the reviews that you guys have around your business, I doubt that's the issue. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Uh, no, you're right. I feel like this is the big why. And if we could crack this code, um, I can actually get people to start reaching for the help they need as opposed to just being a voyeur. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Uh, awesome. I would get to, I would get specific. I would look at time frames, and I would look at, um, I would look at the idea of like a challenge or a timeline associated with it is typically like what moves people initially. And then, mm -hmm. right. The idea that I can get into like, so 75 hard is a great example, right? This idea that yeah. there's a timeline to it and that there's specific outcomes that are going to come because of the time and the pressure that I was put under because we're touching the bottom line of something inside of that secondary desire, right? It's a, uh, so he's telling you to live healthier, to live longer. So you have more energy, you'll learn something, you'll become a master of a skill and odds are you're going to fix what's broken in your life. But those underlying second desires are really to feel less mortal and to feel independent and to feel successful. Yeah. Right? And, and, and so productive. Like that's what I've found since I'm on it. Just amazing. All that dopamine from completing all that stuff all the time. Right. Right. So I, I would definitely look at, you know, what's underneath that first initial thing. And a good exercise is just to keep asking, so what? Okay. Right. Like, so, 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 so what so if what? I get, I get clean? So what if I live healthier? So what if I get more energy? That typically will start getting you down to that secondary desire a lot faster. Interesting. Okay. I love that. Cool. I'm and, writing that down. Angie, is there anything else I can help you out with? Ah, no, I just really enjoyed talking to you. I appreciate your brain and your knowledge and your compassion for helping so much. I really appreciate you. No problem. Let me know if there's anything else I can do to help you out. Okay. I, I definitely will. And, uh, I'll have access to this so I can re-listen to it. You sure will. Awesome. Thank you so yeah, much. And thanks. anything I can do to help you, you know, I'm here. That's you know my job. It. I love, I love helping. I know you do. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks.